0: Welcome to From Betrayal Trail to Breakthrough. I'm Dr. Debbie Silber, and today's guest is Beverly Engel. Beverly is an internationally recognized psychotherapist and an acclaimed advocate for victims of sexual, physical, and emotional abuse. The author of 23 self-help books, her latest book is entitled Escaping Emotional Abuse, Healing the Shame, you don't deserve. Engel is a licensed marriage and family therapist and has been practicing psychotherapy for 35 years. In addition to her professional work, Beverly frequently lends her expertise to national television talk shows. She's appeared on Oprah, CNN, and Starting Over, and many other TV programs. She has a blog on the Psychology Today website, as well as regularly contributing to the Psychology Today magazine, and has been featured in a number of newspapers and magazines, including Oprah Magazine, Cosmopolitan, Ladies Home Journal, Redbook, Marie Claire, the Chicago Tribune and Washington Post, the Los Angeles Times, the Cleveland Plain dealer and the denver post so today we're talking about recognizing and escaping emotional abuse how do you recognize it and what can you do if you realize that's what you're dealing with and thinking that it must be you and maybe you're crazy my guest beverly engel is going to be sharing lots of truth bombs and you're going to want to take lots of notes during this conversation so grab your pen and paper here we go Okay, everybody. We have Beverly Engel with us today, and you know, I, I purposely didn't want to chat with her too long beforehand because we, you are going to be learning and me too so much about uh, how to escape emotional abuse. So many of us are just in this kind of web we don't even realize it, and I have a feeling Beverly's going to tell us so much about it, and most importantly, how to get out. So welcome, Beverly. Thank you. We're Great so to glad be to be with you. Thank you, so glad you're here. So first, can we define it? What is emotional abuse? Let's just start right there.
1: Well, the actual definition is any non-physical behavior that's intended to control, demean, humiliate, punish, isolate someone. Mm -hmm. Now there is one type of emotional abuse called symbolic violence. And that is actually when somebody takes an action like shaking their finger at you, making a fist, slamming a door maybe even punching a wall but most of it's nonverbal mm-hmm. you know and many a lot of
0: it's facial even facial expressions can be emotionally abusive and I'm sure I just pictured right when you said that, you know, it's like, I remembered my mom's face when she was angry, right? Is it that kind of uh-huh. thing where we automatically remember, you know, a facial expression or a, 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 and I can see that too, with the fingers shaking and, and those kinds of things. Can you give us some examples? Give us some different examples of what that may look like. Okay. Well, just, I uh, know, you know, eye rolling
1: uh, and go and, you know, sighs can be, you know, and especially if it's in public, um, there's one form of of emotion abuse called character assassination, where the partner goes out of his way to to assassinate his partner's character, uh, makes comments in front of other people about her cooking or how she dresses, rolls his eyes when she talks, sighs when she talks, any way to kind of demean her, put her down in front of other people. That's one form. Uh, the most popular kind, the most common kind is unreasonable expectations. A partner, you just can never please this person. No matter what you do, you can go out of your way to do everything he's asked you, and he's still not going to be pleased. Um, that's probably the most common, It you know, aside from maybe constant criticism, which is
0: related. Mm-hmm. So how does someone know? If they're being emotionally abused? Is it just saying, oh my gosh, I hear what what Beverly's saying now, and and yes, I'm always being criticized or I'm always uh, being put down for something. How would somebody know?
1: Well, there's several symptoms that are really important, symptoms of emotional abuse. One is depression. People who are being emotionally abused are very often depressed, Uh, and this feeds right into the abuser's accusations. He's telling you, You're lazy. You never do anything. You don't do what I ask. Um, And if you're depressed, you're going to have a hard time being motivated. You're going to have a hard time taking action. You might even have a hard time just getting out of bed. Okay. So depression is a major one. Mm -hmm. Another one is confusion. People who are emotionally abused are often confused. Their, their, their guts telling them one thing, their intuition is telling them another thing, and their partner's telling them another, something very, very different. And they're, they're conflicted in that, they're confused. Like, is he right? Am I really a bad wife? Am I really a bad cha- mother? You know, he complains that I never wanna have sex. Well, I used to wanna have sex, but it feels to me like more he complains, the less I wanna have sex. Well, absolutely. You know, women in particular, we need to be open and vulnerable to actually want to have sex. Our body needs to be open, Mm -hmm. okay? Mm -hmm. And so it's a common complaint with people who are sexually, who are emotionally abused that they don't feel sexual anymore. So you're shut down, Mm -hmm. you're depressed, you're confused, you're disoriented very often. You kind of walk around in a daze. You know, that's kind of a PTSD symptom, you know, where you're being traumatized and don't even realize it and maybe you're dissociating, maybe you're leaving your body and so people, especially your husband, complains that you, you're not really there, you're not really pr- present, you're in a fog. Uh, those are really important signs to look for.
0: You know, and I can see how true that is with what you said, how it feeds into it, because here you you are, you're, you're being told all these things and, and the, between the eye rolling and nothing you do is good enough or right or whatever. And then it you, you don't feel good about it. And, you, and I can see how you start questioning yourself. It's like, right. is it me? I'm being told it's me. Maybe it's mm-hmm. me. And you start feeding into that. And that's just a big negative spiral right there. Actually, yes, yes. Wow. So then why do people stay in these types of relationships?
1: Well, there's lots of reasons. Uh, one is it's very important to know that that staying in an emotionally abusive relationship is very, very common. First of all, you may still love him and maybe he's a good father. Maybe he's a good provider. Maybe there's lots of good things about him. Um, the, maybe now, though, what's happened is that um, emotional abuse is like brainwashing. It it slowly whittles away the victim's self-confidence, um, you know, self-esteem, even their perceptions of themselves. Okay, um, and so you know, if you're kind of always being diminished, you're always being criticized. You're not going to have a lot of motivation and strength and courage to leave. It takes. Take strength and courage to leave a relationship, and if you're depleted, if you're so knocked down that you don't have any energy or motivation, it's going to be hard to do all that, you know, to leave, to maybe get a divorce, to maybe have to go back to school or go to work uh, to figure out what's going to happen with your kids. That's just all overwhelming for anyone getting a divorce, Mm -hmm. but especially somebody who's being emotionally abused.
0: You know, I, I see this so often in our commu- the PBT community where I hear that, but then I start hearing the excuses that they're making for their partners because they're not ready, yes. able, or willing to leave.
1: Yes, absolutely it's very easy to make excuses for your partner. Let's say, for example, we know that in the beginning of a relationship, we open up and we share our histories with our partner. And let's say your partner told you that he was traumatized as a child or he was abandoned by his mother. He told you his history. And so when you're thinking about leaving, you, you remember those things. You remember, you know, his, his sad history and you feel badly for him. He was abandoned by his mother. Now you're gonna abandon him again. You know, you promised you would never leave him. You promised, you know, you wouldn't abandon him. Uh, if you're married, of course, a lot of people hopefully take their vows very seriously. Uh, if you're religious, you're certainly gonna take those vows seriously and you're gonna feel like you, you don't have the right to leave. After all, you're not being beaten up and you're not, you don't have broken bones and you don't have bruises all over you. It's not so bad. That's another, you know, thought is, you know, maybe it's not so bad. Maybe I can live with this, you know? So there's lots of
0: reasons why people stay. Uh, You know, I see this all the time in in the study that I did. There were the study on betrayal. What holds us back? What helps us heal? What happens when the people closest to us lie, cheat, and deceive? There were three groups in the study who didn't heal and... There was the one group where the betrayer had none or very, you know, very little consequence to their actions. And this was for the reasons you mentioned, whether it was financial fear, religious fear was a big reason, not Mm -hmm. wanting to break up a family, whatever. And it was so interesting because the only thing I saw in that group was a further deterioration of the relationship. And that group was by far the most physically sick. Mm -hmm. So there's a huge toll. There's a huge price that's being paid for that. Absolutely. Yes. Yes.
1: There's research that shows that emotional abuse is actually more physically and emotionally damaging than than physical abuse.
0: Yeah. And I guess we because we can't see it, we don't think it's there, but it's definitely there. Right. Right. So let's talk about the men, because, you know, we were referring to the women. But can men be emotionally abused too? And if so, how, what would that look like? Let's talk about that.
1: Yes, it's a very important point. Um, There are men who are emotionally abused. Now, they may not have the financial reasons for staying in a relationship. We didn't mention that. Uh, You know, they have a job, they own a business, they could leave if they wanted to financially. Um, But men who get involved with emotionally abusive partners very often have a personality where they're always trying to please their partner. They're always trying to please other people. Um, they feel like they can save their partner. Once again, we go back to the beginning of a relationship where you know each of you open up. Maybe she opened up and told you about her trauma history, her childhood abuse, and male partners get very caught up in that thinking that they can make up for what she didn't get as a child, Or for the abuse she experienced they take on that role and they truly believe that they're going to be capable of taking that away erasing that and giving her the love she needs if if i can just give her the love she didn't get before she's gonna you know be happy and she's gonna end this this behavior and it's not true we can't make up for what our partners didn't receive Um, we can be kind and loving and compassionate to our partners but we that should not include
0: you're taking on abuse, mm-hmm. accepting abuse. And what would that look like? So give us, can you give us a scenario of a husband and wife, let's just say, where the husband is being emotionally abused. What is the wife doing, saying, how is she behaving? Can you give us some idea?
1: Yeah, it's pretty much the same, uh, unreasonable expectations. You know, um, I had one client who, you know, his he was constantly trying to please his wife. She was nitpicking everything he did she could never be pleased, never be happy. Um, One good example of that is that they'd had a fight and he felt guilty. Uh, He took it on, he took on her complaints and assumed she was right. Um, And he bought her some flowers and brought them home. Well, she criticized him for that because he brought the wrong flowers, okay? I mean, that's kind of typical, Um, you know, that he could never do anything right no matter how hard he tried. A lot of complaints in front of other people, you know that's another one—the um, eye rolling and the sighing and making derogatory comments about him in front of other people—that can be devastating.
0: Yeah, and you know what? It's interesting because I can just—I'm trying to be get into the minds of my listeners and viewers, saying, "Oh my gosh, you know, I thought I was being emotionally abusive. I, mean, I thought I was being emotionally abused, but I think I'm—I may be doing it too. So, yeah. is it—is it the kind of scenario where where often we can be emotionally abused? We can be emotionally abused, and then as a response, or yes. it just sets up this, I guess, way that that right. the, the, we're doing it back and forth. I mean, is that something? That, that... That's a
1: scenario that does happen. Uh, you got to be careful, though. Victims tend to take on all the blame, and abusers tend to blame everybody else. Mm-hmm. Okay, so. Uh, If you're hearing this, and you automatically go to, well, maybe I'm emotionally abusive. And that's what victims do themselves. And abusers are great at pointing that out. Like she's accusing him of lying. And then he says to her, well, you know, you do the same thing. You lie. Last week, you told your sister you were, you know, you were too sick to talk and you weren't. You know, or you told somebody something and you weren't. So you're a liar too, because abusers can turn things around on you really easily. Mm -hmm. So you got to be careful when you say, Well, I'm participating in this equally. Maybe you are. That's actually possible. But, you know, I would ask you to think that over, think through, you know, how he treats you versus how you treat him. And, And you made a very good point. Is your behavior in reaction to his behavior?
0: Mm-hmm. That's
1: different than saying you're equally abusing each other.
0: Right. Okay. So that's really you're taking responsibility for your own behavior. You're not necessarily taking the blame for right. what you did. You know what isn't what isn't yours. Yeah. You can right. really see how this gets really challenging in a relationship. Let's talk about shame because that's I imagine that's an emotion that comes up with this. You know, with a, a, emotional abuse.
1: Yeah. It's so important that I subtitled my book, Healing the Shame You Don't Deserve, because uh, I believe that shame is the most most damaging aspect of emotional abuse. Uh, And the reason is that shaming uh, can cause that depression. It can, if you've already been shamed in your life, if you already had a childhood uh, where you were abused or abandoned, uh, and then you come into a relationship, you're going to be especially vulnerable to shame. Uh, Shaming is when the person wants to make you feel like you're worthless, they want to make you feel like you're unlovable. And that is often the intent is to make you feel, um, you know, unlovable, you know, no self-esteem whatsoever, because in that way, he can control you, he or she can control you. And in that way, he or she can keep you. Um, many abusers are full of shame themselves mm-hmm. and they want to keep their partner. They want to control her and they want to keep her because they're afraid of losing her. They have such low self-esteem themselves that they want to keep her. So if I shame you enough, if I make you feel worthless, if I make you feel like you're you're a terrible person, then you're not going to have the co- the confidence and the courage to leave.
0: Mm-hmm. You're
1: going to doubt yourself, which we've talked about. Right. Uh, So shame is huge in an emotionally abusive relationship.
0: That's almost the control. That's that really helps them get that sense of control.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's different from guilt. Too. Yeah. Go ahead. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. The abuser tends to be full of shame themselves, and they they feel so full of shame that you that they want to project that onto you. They actually want to give you their shame. Okay. Mm. So that's part of the whole
0: dynamic. Yeah. Okay. Oh, that's powerful. So they're because who if you're awake and aware and coming from a great place you would never want to shame somebody. I guess exactly. It, it starts there. So obviously there's something something going on that the abuser only feels better when they make the other one feel worse. Absolutely. Okay. That's a great way of putting it. So let's talk about guilt then, because I always heard you guilt is sort of, a mo- if, if you do nothing with it, it's a, it's a useless emotion. But if it, it motivates you to do something, well, then that's one thing. But guilt and shame, can you talk about the difference between the two? The major difference is that
1: guilt is what you feel when you do something that goes against your own belief system. Mm-hmm. And it is positive in that it teaches you not to do it. You know, it's a detriment, and it defers us, it takes us away from something that we shouldn't be doing Mm -hmm. and and society needs people to feel guilty because we see what happens when people don't feel guilty okay but shame is more of a state of being it's not just based on take uh, taking a certain action it's actually how you feel about yourself as a whole okay uh so it's a state of being it's that i'm i'm worthless i'm you know i'm unlovable You know, you see somebody who is full of shame, their shoulders are slumped, they have a hard time looking you in the eye, you know, they just feel really bad about
0: that themselves. That's shame. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. And why would it be that some, some people the recipient of that emotional abuse would would uh, just feel maybe feel more shame than others? Is there a reason for that?
1: Well, I always wanna make the point that it is never your fault that you're being emotionally abused, okay? So when I'm tell you these things, it's not because I'm telling you it's your fault, okay? And there's a lot of people who are emotionally abused who don't have these experiences. But the main experience is having been abused yourself, either physically, emotionally, or sexually. So you come into the relationship with a lot of shame. Anytime someone is abused, they feel shame. Okay? We as a human feel shame if we're abused. We feel like we should have been able to stop it. Males especially feel that they should have been able to stop it. So there's a tremendous amount of shame just associated with abuse, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you maybe you witnessed your mother being abused by your father emotionally or physically. Uh, maybe you were abused. You mentioned your mother's you know, facial expressions. Uh, If you were emotionally abused growing up, you're far more likely to take on the abuse of your partner. Hmm. So any kind of abandonment, abandonment is also shaming. The idea is she wouldn't have left me or he wouldn't have left me if there wasn't something majorly wrong with me. Hmm. Okay. Neglect also. If you had a a parent that neglected you, the the message is there must be something wrong with me or she wouldn't have neglected me. She would have loved me
0: right well it's a it's a lot to move through so now it it feels very like all of this would be very intentional is it possible that it's unintentional and if so how because i know everybody's listening watching saying oh my gosh that's so of course it was intentional could it not have been could it be unintentional yeah i divided
1: abusers up into two those two categories intentional and unintentional the unintentional person Uh, probably grew up in an emotionally abusive relationship with either witnessing their parents treating each other that way or having been emotionally abused themselves. And so they can repeat their, their childhood behavior, just like we all repeat our childhood histories. And they can do it unconsciously. They may not even know that their behavior is emotionally abusive. So yes, um, usually not until their partner leaves them or threatens to leave them, but I have worked with male abusers, especially, who, who tell me I didn't know that that was emotionally abusive behavior. I was just doing what I witnessed growing up. I didn't even know what I was doing to my wife until she, just before she left, and then she told me how it felt. Then she told me how my behavior was affecting her. But I had no idea before. She never told me. And I and I was just repeating behavior that I had witnessed.
0: And I guess the difference would be at that point, what did they do with it?
1: Exactly, exactly. A lot of abusers go to therapy once their partners left. Mm-hmm. And that's just to get her back. But some go to therapy because they're truly shocked at their own behavior. They're sh- truly shocked at their children witnessing their behavior, and they truly want to change.
0: Mm -hmm. And that's the greatest motivator, whatever I imagine. Absolutely. So so let's bring up some hot topics now. Lying, projecting, and gaslighting, because my community is very familiar with all three. I would love to know uh, just your perspective on each.
1: Well, lying is very, very common, especially with intentional abusers. In fact, they're just liars. I mean, they lie about everything. And again, it goes back to their shame. They can't handle the truth, (laughs) like from that movie. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, They can't take responsibility for their actions because they're already filled with shame. I had one client who put his finger here under his nose and said, I can't take on any more shame. Uh, And so what he did was he never admitted he was wrong he always you know denied any accusation of anything because he just couldn't take take any more shame mm-hmm. uh, so that's typical for abusers they they're defensive they won't listen to feedback they won't listen to criticism they push it all away so they do that by lying okay yeah. they deny
0: deny 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 and there's no healing happening when there's no responsibility absolutely absolutely yeah. okay that's lying let's talk about projecting
1: Projecting is what I mentioned before. They're so full of shame that they're gonna project their shame onto you. Mm -hmm. And they will accuse you of the very things they do. You know, I don't wanna get political, but we have a good example of that of somebody who's leaving the White House. You notice that everything he accused other people of was what he did. And that's a typical abuser. Mm -hmm. Down to, I mean, down to details in terms of accusing you is exactly what he's done. That's projection.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, and let's talk about gaslighting.
1: Yeah, we never heard that
0: term either before. It, it's very common these days. I know yeah. it's true. It's yeah. like the disease, you know, remember there were certain diseases that we, we just didn't right. have years ago. We have now, yeah. and gaslighting yeah. seems like, you know, it's it's all the rage.
1: Right, right. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's deliberately trying to make you doubt your perceptions and maybe even doubt your sanity, you know, it came from a movie in the 30s called Gaslight, in which the husband, a man married a very wealthy heiress, and he went about trying to make her feel like she was insane. And he did it by, they used to have, the lights were were fueled by gas, and he would lower the lights at night, dim the lights, and she would say, what's going on? The lights are dimming. And he'd say, what do you mean? The lights aren't dimming. So it's that kind of idea, making you feel like you're crazy uh, by telling you that things happened that didn't happen, like you go to a party and maybe you have a few drinks and when you get home, he tells you that you were flirting with every man at the party, uh, that you were disrespecting him, that you were doing all this stuff and you weren't doing it. Mm -hmm. But slowly, gradually, it can be very effective to keep accusing you of things you don't don't do.
0: So, so that's gaslighting. Right. So what happens when someone learns, oh, my gosh, this is classic gaslighting 101, and they see it so clearly, there's no denying it. They cannot unsee. They cannot unlearn what they just discovered. Right. 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 Well, hopefully, they can either... Find
1: the strength and courage, and that's not a put down because it's very hard to find the strength and courage mm-hmm. when you've been emotionally abused for long enough. You find the strength and your courage to confront your partner. So when he accuses you of something, if you don't believe it's true, you say, no, that's not what happened. You speak up. you, And, and that speaking up is more for you, actually, mm-hmm. than it is for him. But it is important to speak up if you can. Okay. Now, I'm not saying that he's going to say, Oh my gosh, I'm sorry, you're right. He's going to twist it around and make you doubt yourself again and make you confused. But start out with your perception, start out with trusting your perceptions more. Mm -hmm. You know, if you're really doubting yourself, go to some friends, if you have any, because he may have kept you away from them. Go to your friends, your family, and say, You know, do I do this? Is that common for me to act this way? And get some outside feedback so that you can begin to
0: trust your own perceptions more. That makes so much sense. So I know you, you talk about a five-step shame reduction program. Can you give us those five steps?
1: Yeah. Uh, just briefly, the first one is stop believing your abuser. Stop putting him on a pedestal and making him right all the time. You know, question. Question him. Question his perceptions. Question what he's telling you. Uh, Number two is anger expression. And that is really important. Uh, Most most victims don't express their anger. I'm not talking about expressing it to him because that may not feel safe. I mean, just finding a healthy way to release your anger. Put your head in a pillow and scream. Go for a ride in your car and roll your window to an isolated place. Roll your windows up and scream or just say the word no. When nobody is around in the house, walk around the house and just say no. Get your anger out because it's empowering when we get our anger out. Most victims of any kind of abuse will take the anger in and get to the place where they're full of self-blame and self-hatred.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay,
1: mm-hmm. So you need to get that you need to externalize that anger and put it on the person who deserves it. You don't deserve it. You don't deserve to be angry at yourself because you're being emotionally abused. Mm-hmm. It makes a, no sense. Uh, makes sense. And a lot of the victims are afraid of their anger. So in the book, I had talk about how to get past some of the obstacles. If you were raised in an angry home with an abusive parent, you may be afraid that if you start to get angry, you're going to become abusive. And that's not true. In fact, it's probably the opposite. The less you get angry, the more tendency you're going to be abusive, maybe to your children. Mm -hmm. So you need to get that toxic anger out of you. The third, and again, a major important, majorly important, is self compassion. Uh, Few victims have compassion for themselves. Few victims can actually say to themselves, you know, I'm being abused. I feel terrible. It's just acknowledging what's happening to you, it's just validating your own perception. Mm -hmm. Um, And self compassion can just be, you know, it feels terrible to be abused this way. I feel badly for myself. I feel, you know, I feel like I want to be gentle and kind to myself. Mm-hmm. So that's way overly simplistic. Um, but self-compassion is very, very important. And then the two last ones go along with self-compassion, and that's self-forgiveness and self-kindness.
0: So important. And then self- self-kindness. Okay. Give it, can you give an example of self-kindness? Well, just, you know,
1: just stroking your arm, putting your arms around yourself, um, taking a nap, taking a little rest, getting a cup of tea and just relaxing. Um, Kristin Neff, who was the first person to really do a lot of research in self compassion, um, also describes like trading in your inner critic
0: for an internal nurturing voice. Wouldn't that be nice, right? I tell people if they spoke to other people the way they speak to themselves, they wouldn't have a friend in the world. Absolutely. So Beverly, this is wonderful. What do you wanna make sure everyone knows as we wrap up? I wanna make sure that people don't blame themselves for
1: not being able to leave. Don't blame and shame yourself if you're not ready to leave. And if you're never ready to leave, okay? Don't add that shame onto the shame you're already feeling. There are good reasons why you're afraid there are good reasons why it feels overwhelming to leave. Um, if you can take some steps, like trying to create a separate life if, as much as possible, try to make some more friends if you can, go on, go on the internet and find Zoom meetings for other, with other people who've been emotionally abused, uh, try to reach out and try to make some connections. Connections are really, really important. Um, go back to school. You know, do something for yourself, Be, start being creative, find a, a hobby, but do something to create a separate life as a beginning, uh, leading yourself toward being able to leave.
0: And I love that because it's it's small steps that someone can take that move you in a direction that's so much better, so much healthier at yes. the pace that feels you know, you can, you can move through. So I, I think yes. that's really, really helpful. And where right. do we go to learn more about you and the wonderful work you do? Well, thank you.
1: Um, you can just email me directly, uh, beverlyengel.com. Um, I have a website, www. And I have another website called Heal My Shame. And on that one, uh, I have lots and lots of articles that I've written, blogs I've written, uh, lots of important information on that.
0: Wonderful. Beverly, I want to thank you so much for your wisdom and your time and your insight. I know there are so many people listening and watching who are really on both sides of this and can benefit greatly from it. So share the name of your latest book one last time. Escaping Emotional Abuse. Okay, wonderful. Okay, thank you so much. And everybody go to Beverly's site and grab her books and, and gain more of her wisdom. It's wonderful stuff. And we'll have everything in the show notes as well. Thank you so much, Beverly. Thank you. Wow, I took tons of notes. What about you? I hope you see that if you're feeling confused, disoriented, even depressed, it could be because you've been dealing with emotional abuse and now you have some tools to help. Stay in touch with Beverly by going to beverlyangle.com and we'll have all of her information in the show notes at the pbtinstitute.com forward slash podcast. Here's my biggest takeaway. To find the strength and courage you need to deal with emotional abuse, One, stop believing the abuser. Two, express your anger. Get it out. Three, give yourself some compassion. Validate yourself. You're not crazy. This is real. Four, give yourself some self-kindness and self-forgiveness. Abusers blame and victims take all of the blame. So chances are you've been blaming yourself. Forgive yourself for being so hard on yourself and slowly and surely take back your power. Of course, all of this craziness takes a toll on your mind, body, and heart. So take the Post-Betrayal Syndrome quiz, which you can find at the pbtinstitute.com forward slash quiz. And if you haven't already, have you checked out the PBT Institute membership community? Imagine everything you'd ever need to become your physical, mental, and emotional best, community, support, certified coaches and practitioners you can schedule time with, daily classes on all kinds of interesting topics, curated experts teaching advanced strategies in the areas of health, mindset, spirituality, personal development. Imagine the most friendly welcoming and supportive place to become your best and it's all online nothing like this exists and i am so excited to welcome you go to the pbt forward slash join to learn more like the show please subscribe rate and review and of course if you know of someone struggling to heal from a betrayal be sure to tell them about the show thanks for listening can't wait to be with you next time and here's to your breakthrough